0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City. As always, I'm Pete. And I'm Louie. What's going on, guys? Sorry we uh, didn't have a show last week. I was in Florida. Louie was in Simcoe. Um, and I know that's you guys don't want to hear the bullshit excuses, but I'm being serious. Um, but we're back on track. We're back, and uh, this will be a regular thing. So keep tuning in every Monday. Um, that's when we're going to drop it. I believe it's set for 7 a.m. They'll drop. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about preseason prep and getting ready. Uh, spring, it looks like it's coming sooner than later at this point. A lot of the ice is blown out. And so, I mean, we've already got out on the water. Yeah. yeah got into
1: some fish. I don't know. This weather this year is so back and forth.
0: Yeah. It's been, and it's been tough. Honestly, it hasn't been, it hasn't been cold enough for the ice guys to get out and it really hasn't been warm enough. And when it is warm enough, the wind's blowing about 50 miles an hour. So it's been really back and forth, but um, you know, I I do think spring is at this point sooner than later. I think that stupid groundhog was wrong. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so um, we're basically we're gonna talk a little preseason prep, um, everything from what you should be looking at with your boats all the way to your tackle and gear. Because, dude, the one thing that I I and I'm not saying this as like a tackle shop owner. I'm saying this as a fisherman. But the one thing that I see way too much is guys wait until like it's on or it's starting to start coming in and getting stuff. And then when they come in, they get pissed that, you know, colors are gone or rods are gone. Reels are gone. Uh, certain baits are gone. Well, you know, we've had, and it, it's already started, but we got guys coming in already, picking up their jigs, picking up their plastics, picking up their tools. You know what yeah. I mean? Players, scissors, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. It's, you can never get anything too soon. That's what I tell everybody. Everybody's like, well, I'll just wait till springtime. Oh, well, when springtime rolls around, it's
0: going to be, hot commodity. Yeah. It's not a banana. It's not going to expire. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, you can grab it, put it in your garage and I get it. Some people uh, like, believe me, especially now that I'm not working at the restaurant, I get it. Sometimes money can be tight to come by, but if you're looking to stock up and you're looking to do it uh, the sooner, the better. I always say like, you know, especially right now is when we're getting all of our stuff. And if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram uh, you probably noticed that we've just been going balls to the wall, you know, rods have been coming in, new baits have been coming in, tackle boxes, nets, all that stuff's coming in. So like, we've got it now. I can't promise you we're going to have it in May.
1: Yeah. It, it doesn't seem as expensive when you pick at it throughout the winter. Like you spend 30 bucks there, 20 bucks there, 40 bucks there. It doesn't make it seem as bad by springtime.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick before we dive into it though, uh, Dude, how was Simcoe? Insane. Pretty sweet, huh? The that pictures my, were pretty sweet. It was my first time ever there, and I'm addicted. Now, you guys did a lot of perch, right? You didn't really do too much of the lake trout whitefish this time around, or am I wrong?
1: Um, We didn't really focus on whitefish or burbot or lake trout, but the first day we were there, uh, it was freezing, like negative, I think, 30 wind chill at 8 a.m., so – we sat in the permanent huts with my uh, uncle and kind of let the weather pass the first and second day, and they caught, like, big, like, they're almost like pike spearing holes, like, over here, but you're fishing in 30 feet of water, so you're watching whitefish swim under you, burbot swim under you, lake trout swim under you. Is it, can you see all the way to the bottom? Is it clean? Oh, it's 10 times cleaner than the St. Clair River. <sighs> 10 times cleaner. I've never seen a lake so clear before. Whoa. We were looking at, uh, like, the gobies were probably like an inch long that they were eating, and you'd watch them swim along the bottom in 35 feet of water.
0: That's nuts, dude.
1: Insane. And then you'd watch perch come in, follow the gobies, and just mow the gobies up, and then just start teeing off on your spoons and waxies. And it was insane.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a cool trip. If we, if I, I mean, I don't know at this point because now I've got the open water bug. And like I said, we've, we've been able to get out and catch some silver and gold. Uh, but if I get the opportunity, I'd love to go over there. If not, we'll be making frequent trips over there next year.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to get cold again next week, actually, after we get a couple warm days this week, so we're heading back first week in March. Hopefully I get a first whitefish through the ice.
0: Yeah, and then my trip was basically the complete opposite. I headed south. We were in the Florida Keys for a week, uh, and it was pretty epic, man. We caught tarpon. Uh, We got our first Goliath grouper. That was a lot of fun. We caught a bunch of yellowtails, um, and we already got a place booked for next year. We're going to be renting a boat and going down there and doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm not going to preach on that too much. You guys know how I feel about the saltwater and, and how I feel about it down there. But it was absolutely an epic trip. And if you guys – ha- if you have a chance to go somewhere, it's not just the fishing, the, the culture, which I'm going to come back to you in a second, Louie, because I, what you told me was really interesting. But the culture down there is just so cool. It's so laid back. It's just fish, fish, fish. A um, little bit of boating, so it's really cool. But you know, you kind of explained to me the same thing over in Simcoe. It's just fishing fools over there.
1: Oh, and they don't care about perch one bit. I mean, they'll be white. Can you believe fishing. that
0: they got they got fourteen fourteen inch perch like
1: crazy over there, and they don't even care about them. No, I mean they'll catch them here and there when they're white fishing, and they just get pissed off and throw them in their bucket just so they're not down there which is bizarre to me because they'll be coming in with 14, 15 inch perch in their bucket and like these damn things wouldn't
0: stay out of our hole. I'm like, really, dude, put me in your hut. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let me go to your hut. Let me catch all that perch. Um, But anyway, that that's just enough on that. Let's, let's get to the the meat and potatoes as some people would say. Yeah. So you're starting to think about, it's and season you're starting to get ready you're going out and it's man where do i start i got my rods over here i got my baits over here i got plastics i got jigs well you're overlooking all of it first thing you got to start with is your boat right yeah your boat or to me it's it's your boat and your safety equipment again your, I, your motor too that's a big one yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah boat trailer well really boat trailer motor yeah so like the the, the hardware that you're using um And we, we've done a, we've done an episode in the past on really like just boating safety. And and it was more geared towards the fall. Like as we were getting into fall fishing, that episode was, but I think a lot of it remains true. Um, when you, when you get into your boat, make sure all your safety stuff is there. Make sure your flares are checked. Make sure that they're not expired. Uh, and you're good to go. Make sure you've got distress flags. Make sure you've got a whistle. If you've got a, if you've got a radio or go get a handheld radio, I think that's super important. It's the quickest, easiest way to get to the Coast Guard is if you have one of those uh, radios on you, as well as make sure you got life jackets in the boat. Make sure you've got all the stuff that, you know, an extra plug. Anything that could go wrong will go wrong. That's Murphy's Law. Yeah. Um, so make sure that you've got that safety stuff because every year, unfortunately, we're seeing, you know, tragic stories and, and, Stuff that honestly it shouldn't go wrong, but it does, and you've got to be ready for it. So, so please, number one, make sure your safety stuff is ready to go.
1: Yeah, safety is number one priority, especially when the water's
0: 32 degrees and the air temperature is 32. Absolutely. Absolutely. Freeze. And especially if you're out here, guys, if you're not from around this area, I know you listen to us talk about it all the time, but if you're not from this area and even if you fish Detroit a lot, you come up this way, our, the St. Clair river is fast between Lake Huron and Lake St. Clair is fast. So if you fall in and it's cold, that water's moving. Okay. You might not be able to get back to the boat. So you've got to have throwables ready. You've got to have life jackets ready to go. Um, All that stuff is super important. So just, pay attention to where you're going out fishing, where you're going to be fishing and, and kind of what's going on around you.
1: Yeah. And think about what you wear when you go out there. Like a lot of people wear, uh, the float suits for ice fishing. So if they fall in, they float, which is a good idea. But even like what your shoes are, like, if you're wearing shoes that you can't get off and they're going to sink you to the bottom, you probably buy a different pair of shoes.
0: Don't yeah, wear those ones out there. Yeah, and I, I know it's a lot to think about, but again, it's it's just to take precaution. Um and then from that, like we talked about, you know, we'll go back to like what you need in the boat and stuff like that. But you know, you need to make sure your hardware is taken care of. You know, I, I ran into a, a real squeaky bearing yeah. uh the other day, and I was like, Oh my god, you know, I didn't even think about it. So you went through and we greased all the we greased all the bearings, all the axles and stuff on the trailer it was good to go. Uh, and then you go through the boat, make sure your plug's good to go. Make sure that's solid. Yeah. Make sure you put the plug in the boat. <laughs> make yeah. sure your batteries are charged and they're not <laughs> dead. The last two are coming from personal experiences that we've already had this year. What we, bu- we bought between the two of us, we've already had to get six batteries. We had to get
1: four batteries. So you did? Seven. So seven.
0: Yeah. Cause I had to get three for my trolling motor. Um, luckily my cranking battery is still good and all that stuff, but you want to make sure your batteries are good to go, especially if you you know store the boat outside or if you store it at a marina and it's shrink-wrapped. You know The cold is going to get to those batteries, so make sure you check your batteries. Make sure those are charged. You don't want to be able to start it at the launch, get to where you're going, and then it dies on you out there. Or like me and Louie, we drive seven miles upriver to go trolling, and the trolling motor dies within 15 minutes. That was frustrating. Um, so make sure that's taken care of.
1: Yeah, even if it's cold out, get a trickle charger for your batteries just to keep them, like, not even, like, charged, just to keep them, like, going. Keep the current going. Yeah, like, just to like, keep ju- the
0: juices flowing.
1: Yeah, keep them going.
0: Uh. That's not what I was thinking <laughs> about. but <laughs> and then And then, obviously, you get to your motor and you want to check your outboard, make sure everything's good, make sure your seals are still good on there. Uh, if you didn't change the oil from last year, I highly suggest changing it going into this year. Oil changes are extremely important. Um, if your motor is a little older, make sure you go through the fuel filter, oil filter, um, spark plugs if they're in there. Make sure you go through all that stuff. Uh, it's it's way more important to take, like, that's what we're doing tomorrow. You know, we're going to have a 40-degree day. It's going to be windy, uh, mid-40s. It's going to be windy, so we're probably not going to be out fishing I'm not going to waste the time out there, you know, fighting the wind. We're going to pull the boat out of the garage. We're going to go through everything. Make sure it's good to go. Taking a day for maintenance is extremely important.
1: Yeah, I mean, tomorrow me and my dad are putting the batteries in the boat, putting the boat in the water, replacing all the bunks on it, checking all the screws in the boat. It's just like something to go through. It's something you should go through every year. Like our bunks on our our trailers are getting old. Take them off, put new ones on, make sure it's good to go for the spring so
0: you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, because once spring is here and the run is on, the last thing you want to be doing is worrying about going to get a battery. Because, again, that goes back to our point at the beginning of the show, everybody's going to be buying boat batteries at the end of March, April, and May. Don't get caught looking for boat batteries. You know, I went, uh, I don't know where you got yours. I got mine at Farm and Fleet up there in Richmond, and they probably had a dozen of them. I can promise you that. Well, I know they only have nine now. I can promise you that's not going to be the case, you know, once it rolls around. Menards, they got a bunch of them right now. Walmart, they got a bunch of them. They're going to be gone. Even in the springtime, we have people
1: pull up to the bait shop all the time, and they're like, hey, can you look at my boat? Like, we don't know what's
0: wrong with it. It's like, really? It's Like, it's our first time out this year. I'm like, I get it, but it's like – and there's always that shakedown trip, right? Like, I think that's that is a pretty good advice that you just, like, subtly gave. But really good advice is like your first trip of the year. Expect something to go around. Yeah, don't be expecting to go out there and pound limits and for it to be going smooth. You know, you're going to have to run it. So if you get a chance to run it before the run comes, go do that. Go run the boat, run it through. Even if you barely leave the dock, if you just do a lap, do a little circle, make sure everything's good, you know, and, and make sure that – Make a drift or two. Yeah. And just
1: go in. It's – It happens.
0: It's worth it because when the run is good, you're going to get that report. Hey, they're banging them at – you know, in 30 foot of water up north of here and on minnows. And this is the color. Like, dude, you just got a fire report. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to be a lot more pissed off when you go to put that boat in the water and it goes clunk. Uh, we see it every year. Somebody comes it happened to me. us. Yeah. we were trolling. Like, our trolling motor's batteries died. And we knew the bite was good. And we, we couldn't get out there. It's like, shit. So, like, we're not saying this to, like, you know, we're not blaming other people. It happens to us. Oh, we're telling yeah. you from experience. But I we think, do. We
1: see it all the time. I think it's a little bit different For me and Pete, because we don't put our boat away for the winter, if there's no ice for fishing, like if you like wrap your boat or get it winterized, like take a whole day, even if it's a nice day and you want to be out fishing, like take your time. Like look at the batteries, make sure they're not expired. Plug them in, make sure they're charged all the way. I see way too many people pull up to the bait shop. They're like, "Hey, this is wrong. It's our first trip out. Like, you know what it is?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a bad battery or it's a bad seal or." One of the wires isn't hooked up correctly. Like Now they got to
0: pull the boat, go to got, AutoZone.
1: You're, you're missing you just, out an hour,
0: you know? You just wasted your whole
1: shakedown trip yeah. because of something that could have been resolved in 15 or 20 minutes if you just went through it in the
0: garage. Absolutely. And I've been there and done that. It sucks. Yeah, we both, I mean, we, like I said, we both have. You spend, guys, we spend way too much time and money, which we've, we've earned the, the right to go out there fishing. That's what we work so hard to go out and do. So it's like, we've spent way too much time and money to go out there and get like that frustrated on something that we could sit down before the season, hash everything out, you know, before it gets rolling. And that way, when the season's there, Hey man, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Hopefully that's not the case with boats, but hopefully, I mean, obviously thought
1: something's going to go wrong throughout the season that you can't control, but you're eliminating factors.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So one like so. now you've ran through the trailer, ran through your boat, made sure all that stuff's good. Uh, another thing that I highly suggest that, again, Louie and I do every year, when you're running through your boat, dissect it. Take everything out. Take the life jackets out. Take your bags out. Take your tackle out. Take everything out. Because if, like we do it multiple times a year yeah. just because of how often we're throwing things in, taking things out and stuff. But it's important to take that stuff out because, you know, a lot of the times – You know, there might've been some water sitting in there. So some of your baits might be trashed. That's good to know before you get out there. Maybe one of your rod tips snapped in the locker and you didn't know it. That's good to know. Maybe you're missing a life jacket. Maybe you took it out, took it on a buddy's boat and it's missing and now you got it. Now all of a sudden the Coast Guard pulls you over and you're missing a life jacket. You don't want to take it for that. So dissect your boat, take everything out, all the rods, all the reels, all the bait, the tackle, the safety equipment, take all that stuff out. Do a little checklist and then start putting things back in the boat. The other thing that's going to do is it's going to help you stay organized. I'm not the person to tell you how to stay organized. Not at all. (laughs) But that's what keeps me organized. My my easiest way to organize is to dissect the boat and then put it back together. Uh, Louie's boat, on the other hand, is usually pretty neat and clean. Uh, Yeah,
1: for the most part. But it still helps going through, checking your flares, checking your first aid kits, checking your fire extinguishers. Check everything before you put it back. Makes Like if you got the automatic life jackets, make sure the the little
0: CO2 cans are still good. Yeah. yeah. It's just all the little stuff you would never really think about. Well, and you never know. Say you're out having a barbecue at the house and one of the kids or someone cuts themselves and the quickest thing to grab is the first aid kit out of the boat. And then you set it in the garage next to whatever. You leave it out. Yeah. Now you go to get in the boat. Someone drives a hook into their hand or someone cuts themselves open on a wall. You don't have a first aid kit. Well, again, dissect the boat. Go through your checklist, make sure everything's taken care of, and then put everything back in the boat. Because when you put it back in the boat at the beginning of the year, you're going to remember where you put it. You might not remember where you put that stuff at the end of the year in 2020. Yeah. When you, when you put the boat away or whatever the situation is. So it just really helps you know where everything's at and, and stay organized as the season goes. Yeah,
1: even like loose screws or like loose carpet that needs to be glued down. Like I know throughout the year, like after going out on a couple rough trips where the water's like three, four footers, I just find screws laying around in my boat. I'm like, I don't know where this goes. Yeah, I'm going to throw it in a cup holder. Like, Take that time. Figure out where that one screw went, where you got to replace the screw, where you lost the screw, glue that other piece of carpet down. Like, It's stuff that just adds up that during the season you're like, oh, I'll get to it in the
0: wintertime. And the problem is if you don't get to it, it piles on. Like that happened to me last year, right? Oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Dude, I spent three days in the fall scrubbing and scrubbing and shop backing and scrubbing. And I still got more to go this spring because it just piles on. And, I mean, that's what happens when you're running around all the time, right? I go, You know, you do a charter. You clean the boat down a little bit. You come into the bait shop. You run to the restaurant. I mean, it's no excuses. Yeah. Everybody's got a busy life. But the thing is, if you can take care of that stuff now, even though it's minor, if it's minor, it's only going to take a couple seconds. You yeah. know, take care of it now and then get to it.
1: Yeah, like what I started doing this year is I'd take it a half day and I'd go out and fish for like three or four hours and kind of figure out what needed to be done to the boat. I'd go put a couple screws in some of the spots where they're missing, power wash the boat, clean it up, vacuum it, and it's good to go for the next month or two. And Absolutely. A couple months go by, get a nice day, go out fish for three, four hours, figure everything out and do it again. And your boat stays clean, it stays neat, and it's...
0: A lot easier when you're on the water. Yeah. And the, and at the end of the day, not only is your boat clean, when you go to sell that thing, it's going to be way easier to clean. I see way too many guys post little shitters up for sale. And it's like, dude, man, if you clean that boat, you probably get an extra two, three grand out of it. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's just silly things like those. But again, it, it, stops, it stops the snowball from turning into an avalanche where it's, you know, oh, I got a loose piece of carpet here. Well, now you got a loose piece of carpet. It rains. Now, all of a sudden it gets cold, it freezes, your wood's waterlogged underneath, it's stretching. Now you got to replace the floorboards after a while. You wouldn't have done that if you would just wouldn't have had to done that. (laughs) You wouldn't have to do that if you would have just addressed the problem in the first place. Or, you know, like we'll get on the center console, sometimes they'll get a little wobbly because they're just held in with screws. The way to solve that is, you know, every week or so, get down there, check, make sure everything's tightened up. But it all starts with doing it this spring. Yeah. Again, because once you get out, we all have the itch. We all want to get out on the water. So once that time comes, you know, you're jittery, you're thinking about limits, you're thinking about the thud, the vertical jigging, like all that stuff. Save yourself some time. Save yourself some hassle. Yeah. Even, uh,
1: God, I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Well, the other thing I wanted to get to that I thought I'll let you think about it was the loose screws. Like too many times, you know, because especially in aluminum boats, we're always rattling. You know, when the boat's going, we're always rattling. So those screws will get loose. Walk around the outside of your boat. Well, by the outside of your boat, I mean check, like, your gunnels and stuff. And then walk around the inside of your boat and make sure that stuff is screwed down. Turn on your electronics. Make sure your electronics are working. Make sure there's no interference. Nothing happened. Check your transducer. Make sure none of those screws are getting loose. It's all all this, like, little stuff. I promise you guys will save you such a big headache. And the other thing is it's going to save you time and it's going to save you money in the long run. Yeah. Even if uh, like you get water in
1: your compartments or something like, yeah, during wintering, like open them up. Make sure they're not moldy. Make sure they're not smelling like shit like they usually get to midway through the season. Just air them out, clean them up, put some soap in there. It doesn't take much if you stay on it at least.
0: Yeah. So now you've got your motor set. You've got your boat set. You've got the trailer set. Trailer's greased up. Lights are working good. Make sure the lock mechanism still works on there. Make sure it still opens and closes, right? It locks on your hitch.
1: Yeah, make sure the uh, the rope on your – or not the rope, but the strap on your uh, front of it is good, too. I've seen a couple of them get snapped at the Yes, dude, before. that's a
0: great point because they'll, they'll get dry rotted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The sun, The sun and the moisture takes its toll on it.
1: Yeah, just from heating up and cooling down and staying cold. I've seen it happen way too many times. Like hitting sharp ice or something.
0: So, and you, oh man, pulling your boat out of the water and hear that thing snap, your heart will sink. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no way to get it out after that. So once that's all taken care of, you've got everything laid out, everything's ready to go, now you can actually start looking at like the nitty gritty of what you're going to be using for the season. Whether it's your rods, whether it's your reels, whether it's your baits, your jigs, your leader material. Um all that sort of stuff. We're going to really dive in and and talk about how to make sure that stuff is good to go, ready to go and clean because we get a lot of questions. You know, how often do you switch over your line? How often do you change your leaders? You know, how do you, what's your check process when you go through your rods and reels? What's your check process when you're going through your baits? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I think it's gonna be really important to kind of dive into that and make sure that that stuff's taken care of.
1: Yeah, it is for sure. Like make sure your boxes aren't cracked. Make sure your jigs are all organized everybody falls into the spot where you pull a jig out you cut it off. You just throw it in a random slot and grab another one and you start your next trip. Yep. And then you get into the next season you're like, Oh what the fuck. Like I just had that Brown jig in there last year. And then it's in two boxes over in a broken box rolling
0: down the side of the boat. Hooks are rusted out yeah. on it. You know what I mean? You're like, why can't I catch anything? You know, you got rusty hooks. Um, so a big thing is like, for us walleye guys and for, I mean, really any guys that use plastics, but I mean, it touches home with us. Cause we do a lot of the jigging, you know, make sure all your plastics that have been waterlogged or sun faded address that issue. Because the last thing you want to do out, go do is get out there and be like, yeah, you know, I need pimp daddy and you open it up and it's just this like faded blob yeah. or it's just been so, you know, there's water in the package and it's just been soaking. So go through all your plastics, make sure you address the issues on all the ones that have been sun faded and all the ones that have been, you know, waterlogged. You want to get those out of there.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't want to throw on, like, a waterlogged or a sun-faded bait that smells like shit. Like, straight out of the package is the best way to throw them on your hook, so just keep them that way.
0: Yeah, and you want to keep them as as airtight and sealed as possible because, again, those compartments, especially if you fish as much as we do and you're in the wind and you're in the rain and all that stuff, those compartments are, at some point, they're going to leak. And you want to make sure that the baits that are sitting in there are taken care of. Yeah, even if you have rods in
1: there, like you don't want a cork getting all nasty and oh god sticky. And... we'll get to
0: that. Yeah. That's... Yeah, we're gonna get to that. The yeah. rod, the rod, the whole rod situation is important. Uh and we'll give you a couple tips. So you I, I hear a lot of guys that my line's cutting at the braid. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but with your plastics, and then you know, like we just talked about, you got your jigs, same thing. Make sure those jigs aren't sun f- faded. Make sure those jigs aren't waterlogged. Make sure the hooks aren't all rusty and rusted out. The eyes aren't all, like the eyelid where you tie your line to. If you've got a rusty eyelid over time, it's gonna it, it will snip that floral or mono, whatever you're using for a leader. It'll snip it because that shit gets rough and it's nasty.
1: Yeah, the biggest one I see is people go out there and they buy new jigs and the
0: eyelids aren't poked out. and They get out there and they're like, I can't figure out how to poke this eyelid out. PSA, if you come by Jigs at hook one, promise you the eyelids will be poked out.
1: (laughs) At least 90% of them.
0: There's your ad for the episode. But yeah, I mean, make sure all that stuff's taken care of. And rusted hooks drive me nuts. Make sure your rusted hooks are taken care of. Two reasons. One, three reasons. One, if you got a rusty hook, it's not going to perform as well, it's not going to be nearly as sharp. Odds are it's going to break. Two, if you poke yourself with that rusty hook, you're going to get infected. Or if you slice yourself on a walleye gill and you're messing around with the rusty hook and that rust gets in your cut, you don't want to be dealing with that. Do not have rusty hooks on the boat. Keep them out of the way. That way they don't get stuck in kids. They don't get stuck in pets. They don't get stuck in your buddy. And most importantly, they don't get stuck in you. Make sure you take care of those. Three, I can't stand when we watch fish get caught on a rusty hook because especially if you're going to throw that fish back, that fish is going to get messed up in its face. And a lot of the times we see a lot of fish with infections on their face and on their lips because guys aren't using the, like, I don't want to say they're not using the proper material, but they're using rusty hooks. They're using old hooks. They throw the fish back in the water and it gets infected. So please make sure that that stuff's taken care of. Yeah. It,
1: it really doesn't take much. to Just kind of switch the hooks out. And
0: You'll it. know if it's rusty or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it and it isn't worth it for a 50 cent, 75 cent, 89 cent jig. It's just not worth it. No, not at all. It doesn't take much to
1: throw it off to the side and get a new one.
0: Yeah, get just grab a new jig and, and life's good to go. And I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, you're going to lose that jig on the bottom anyway. So, you know what I mean? Make sure that it's taken care of because if you've got that trophy fish seat, a lot like a lot of the times when we talk to people, I, I start to realize like they. They're not, they don't understand it in the sense as like, yeah, that hook might catch a hundred or 50 walleyes for you. And odds are they're all going to be eater walleyes, but you're going for a trophy. You guys want to catch trophies. That hook is not going to hang on to a 10, 11, 12 pounder. It ain't going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, you'll be able to catch your fun fish, but when it actually matters, when you actually have that trophy on the line, that is when your equipment needs to be dialed. Your knots need to be right. Your equipment needs to be right. Your hooks need to be sharp. They, they can't be flimsy. You know what I mean? That is when it's going to matter most. Yeah, it,
1: it makes a huge difference when it comes down to it, whether you realize it or not. Like Even if you're just breaking off and like, oh, my line's bad. How do you know? How do you know it's your line? How do you know it's, your, it's not just your rusty old jigs you're throwing
0: down there? Yeah, or we'll touch on it right now. It's not your eyelids. Yeah. I can't tell you how many customers we've had come in and it's happened to me and it's happened to Louie and it's happened to all. I mean, Louie had a reel that was just slicing. I mean, it was giving him hell. It was just slicing his braid because the braid would get caught up in between the little roller that it's supposed to sit on in the actual reel. It would get caught in there. So every time you're sitting there jigging and you need to pull out line, He'd go to pull out line. Well, it's just shaving that braid, shaving that braid. You go to set the hook, boom, it breaks.
1: I could not tell you how many walleye hand line last year trying to figure out what was wrong with this reel.
0: Yeah, and usually it's like, usually it comes down to the rod or the reel. You know, we've had people that, you know, oh, my line's breaking halfway up. I think I've got bad braid. Well, let me see your rod. Sometimes those little ceramic eyelids get chipped, and there's just a little chip in them. That chip is enough to shave off that braid and sometimes even cut it right where it's at. And a lot of the times it happens at the eyelid and you won't even notice it. It's the littlest chip that you don't even notice and it's cutting it. And people are getting mad at their braid and they're saying this and that, but it, you know, a lot of the times it's, it might be your rod or your reel. So you definitely want to lay your stuff out. Like Louie was saying, your cork rods, even your, even your, the, you know, a lot of them got that EVA foam grips and stuff like that. Now yeah. check all that stuff, check the grips, check all that because you know one again once you get out there it's too late you're going to have to come back you know
1: yeah and to check your eyelids all you really need is a, uh, a tip just run it on the inside of the rods and if it catches it's broken probably 90% yeah. of the time or what's that uh god it's uh like the magic eraser is that what they call Yeah the one? magic eraser's too Yeah, so if you get like the cork dirty on uh Uh, On your rods, all you got to do is wipe it down with the magic eraser, and it comes off like 99% of the time.
0: Yeah, that'll clean your cork, and then clean 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 the handle of your rod. And then, like you said, you just take the Q-tip and just run it around each eyelet. Go all the way around once or twice. Make sure that thing doesn't snag. You'll know if it snags. It's thin-ass cotton.
1: Yeah, and then it'll stick, and you'll see where it's broken. If it's a very, like, top eyelet, you can more than likely get it replaced, but... Any other than that, it's, your walk's running out.
0: Yeah, and again, it, it is real quick. Your rods are already out of the boat. They're already sitting there. Just check them, check the eyelids, check the, wind, check the bindings on them. I mean, it's not like you have to sit there and, and examine it with a microscope. You know what I mean? Just check the eyelids, grab them a little bit, make sure they're still firm, bend the rod, make sure it's not cracked. Dude, I, I had one last year that must have cracked on me at some point. I didn't notice it we got out in the spring and I hadn't used the rod in a while. Um, but one of the other rods got decommissioned, whether it broke off on the bottom or whatever. So I grabbed this rod, go to jig with it. I hook up to a fish, snap that thing like three eyelids down. Yeah. Like, oh, but yeah. If I would have checked it, make sure it wasn't cracked. I wouldn't have ran into that issue. Oh, yeah. Not that you could fix it at that point, but you can avoid it from snapping on a fish.
1: Yeah. Last year I had one rod that, Definitely wasn't sounding right when I would set the hook, and I was like, ah, maybe it's just got to get broken in. It was a semi-new rod. Went out there first, first time of the year, casted, set the hook on a smallmouth, and it broke in like three different spots. I was like, well, Oops. I mean, if I just tested it in the basement or something, I probably would have got the warranty on
0: that rod. But absolutely, and. I mean, I get, and then I guess, yeah, the last thing is to make sure your line is good. I mean, if you've had braid on there for three, four years, you're probably going to want to change it. Um, I actually like to flip my reels. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but essentially what you'll do is you'll take the line off of one reel and wind it on the other. Because what happens is, especially when we're jigging, we're only using the first, what, 60 to 90 feet of line. Not even. Not even. I mean, if you're, if you're deep, right? Yeah. So you're, say you're using the first 50 to 60 or 60 to 90 feet of line. You're only using 20 to 30 yards of that line. You have a 100-yard spool. So what we'll do is we'll flip it. You'll back one reel, and then you'll tie the line from that reel, and so you'll take the older weathered reel, and that'll go on the reel first. And by the time you wind that up, that thing's going to be buried at the bottom of the spool, and you've got brand-new, fresh line sitting right there. Yeah, and that that saves you quite a bit from having to buy new line all the time. As a bait shop owner, Louie and I would love for you to come in and buy a new line every year. I would encourage it, and if you want us to bring it in, we'll spool it up for you. But I'm just telling you, it's not necessary. Yeah,
1: I re-spool my reels every year, but like every other year, I end up buying line because I just switch it. You that, got OCD. Yeah, really, really bad, but. Another thing I bought last year that worked really good is uh it's like wine conditioner that Bass Pro sells. So like you spray it on like the outside of your spool. So when your rods or your wine's baking in the sun, it prevents it from like fading and getting rotted out. Like it like the braid usually absorbs a lot of water. Yep. It deters it from absorbing a bunch of water and then rotting out from the middle. And it is it overall like even if you get sunscreen on it, all you do is shake it in the water and the sunscreen comes straight off of it.
0: Because that's what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it gets wet, and then you leave it out in the sun. I'm guilty of it from my charter. We'll get done with the charter. I'll leave my boats out or my rods and stuff out for a couple hours while I come in here and finish some stuff, go back out. And it's like after a while, man, that, that sun, especially out here in the summer, that sun takes such a toll on all your equipment. takes a toll on the grips. takes a toll on the, on the reel itself takes a toll on the line, especially the line. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of that stuff through the season. And then before the season starts, you know, run down all of it. Make sure you're, you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah,
1: it doesn't really take much. All you do is spray it on the spool and let it dry and you're good to go. Like even guys whipping, they're spraying mosquito spray all over and then it gets on the reel. It doesn't take much to spray it on, let it dry throughout the winter. And then you get a
0: little bit of mosquito spray on your reel. Really you just dip it in the water and you're good to go. Yeah, and then you try to avoid, like you said, all the dry rotting and, and and what all the problems that come with the Michigan sun. It
1: basically just preserves your line for for the year. I'll spray it on like two or
0: three times a year, but I'm out there a lot. So we've touched on a little bit of the jigs, we've touched on a little bit of the plastics, rods, reels. Something that is that goes Under the radar, I would say, um, especially for guys around here early in the spring, fishing out here on the Great Lakes, whether it's, you know, Detroit, St. Clair, um, Saginaw, we use a lot of live bait. Make sure your buckets, make sure your containers, make sure your aerators are ready to go. One, guys, I, I I can't be serious enough when I say this. Nobody, not me, not any bait shop owner or employee in the world, wants to open up a bucket that's been closed since June. Oh, my God. It We got a small bait shop, and it smells up the whole bait shop. Like So first off, clean it. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to put water in there, I'm going to put minnows in there, and then you're going to come back and bitch at me because the minnows are dead. I didn't kill your minnows. I didn't give you bad minnows. The bucket of death killed your minnows.
1: Yeah, I get slapped in the face at least four or five times a
0: month when people are losing <laughs> buckets i'll open it and i'm like whoa it's like oh good morning good morning 6 a.m that's rough i'm, I'm lucky not to puke in the bucket i didn't need coffee this morning yeah. jesus <laughs> so please please make sure that they're cleaned out because again not only is it gonna save us a hassle and, and all bait shop guys and i know there's people out there that have worked in bait shops and that own bait shops that are listening to this and they're like thank you guys like <laughs> clean them out because it. You don't realize the, the little stuff that goes to keeping bait healthy that will – it'll be the difference between a couple hours and a couple days. And a clean bucket is one of them. And wash it all the way out. We had a couple of guys last year They're like, oh, we did you guys a favor. We
1: washed our buckets out. And I start pouring water in there, and there's soap bubbles coming up off the
0: bottle. I'm like, dude. It's so like, dude, now I'm going to do your, you a favor, <laughs> and I'm going to get all the soap out of it so your minnows don't die. and dude, Don't use bleach either. Yeah, you got to be real careful when you're – don't dish soap and hot water. Let it soak for a little bit, dump it, fill it back up, scrub it, you're good to go. Try to stay away from the bleach and all those harmful chemicals um, because, again, it's going to lead to your bait dying, and that really is a pain, especially if you want to spend a full day fishing and those things are floating belly up by 10 a.m. It's like, God, man, like why am I keep losing bait? Sometimes it's the conditions that they're in. The other thing is your aerators. Make sure your aerators are good to go. A lot of the aerators you can get around here are 20, 25 bucks. I mean, they're little cheapies and they work really well when they're taken care of. But if you leave them out in the elements or whatever, you know, you're going to start noticing rust on the inside or the batteries are going to start corroding. You know, make sure that your lines are run well. Make sure that you've got your little aerator stone ready to rock and roll. You know, I, I know it sounds like a insignificant. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You, you had to do a podcast episode on that. I promise you that's going to be the difference between keeping your bait healthy and, you know, having a float belly up.
1: Yeah. And check like your, uh, like your leader line. Like, uh, if like the cardboard is like all like get like, wet and soggy. Like I want to check the leader line because there's a big possibility. It's not Dude, great.
0: Yes. That happened to me. And I, I know we just flipped the, well, yeah, the subject but like yeah, that, that's but what I forgot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it happened to me. I had I had a, a quote-unquote brand-new spool of cigar, um, which we love. We use it all the time. And it, it got wet, and it just must have been sitting out in the sun or whatever the situation was. And we went out on a trip, and, like, dude, broke off, like, four or five times. And, like, customers are looking at me like, all right, Cap, like, what are we paying for here? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, I'm sweating. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? So – you know, luckily I had another spool in the boat because I always try to have a backup of whatever. Yeah. I had another spool in the boat, pulled it out. You could feel the difference. You could yeah. feel the difference between the clean leader line and like the other stuff was like, it was like coarse. It was, it was frail. It was fragile. M- make sure you check your leader lines. Make sure you check the leaders that are already tied up on your rods, that there's no Nick. So there's nothing like that for maybe storing it in the winter or putting it away. Uh, check that stuff. Because if you check that again, we, Back to the topic of saving time and money, you're gonna save yourself a jig in a plastic every time. You know what I mean? And and that that that's gonna go a long way over the course of a year. And it's just one of those things, like I mentioned, I had no idea. I totally overlooked it until I sat down and thought about it. It was like, oh my god, like what an idiot. Yeah.
1: Even uh, like sitting down and watching like a YouTube video and cleaning your reels makes a huge difference. A little bit of oil and lubrication goes a long way. Like I took my reels apart. A couple of weeks ago when I was pulling sand and dirt and mud, I was like, Jesus, dude, how does this thing even function anymore?
0: I always say, too, it wasn't me that did it. It was the grubby little paws that were touching it. Probably my friends. Yeah, I know. But it's usually <laughs> probably It's me. me. It's me putting it away like an idiot. Or I mean, especially where we're at with the gravel yard next door, there's dust yeah. on everything. So if you yeah. leave anything out in the boat, it gets dusty and that gets right into the reels you know if you leave them in the boat you're driving down the road yep it your reels
1: would be so dirty if you don't clean them for a whole year it's amazing to me
0: yeah and it's sim- i mean it, like louis said it's simple pull them apart uh or when you get home or whatever spray them down wash them i'm always fascinated when i go like down to florida or you know my wife the big one was when we went to cabo when uh we went on our honeymoon there we went to cabo and those guys spend an hour to two hours after every trip cleaning their reels, and it's salt water. So before I start getting comments and emails and I get it, it's salt water. So obviously it's highly more corrosive and all that sort of stuff. But the point is, you know, they would go through all the boats, all the rods, all the reels, all their carpets. They'd rinse out all their carpets, no fish slime, nothing like that. Like it was unbelievable. The amount of work that these guys put into it. And it's like, that's what, I mean, That's our job. That's now your job. Yeah. This year. Good for you, Cap. Thanks, Cap. That's our job, but it it goes a long way for, you know, everybody else that's doing it. Like, hey, it's going to keep your stuff pristine, and it really doesn't take that long. Yeah, even if you're fishing, like, uh, uh,
1: muddy water, like, all the... uh, That silt. Like, the sediment in there. Yeah. It's basically, like, salt. Like, it'll get everywhere. It'll... Stay in your line, get in your reel,
0: get all over the boat. It doesn't take much at all. No. So flipping back over to live baiting, make sure that the buckets and the aerators and all that stuff's good to go. If you've got minnow traps on the river, make sure that stuff is good because we see how important um, it is to do all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? And again, you want to keep your bait alive. You want to keep your bait healthy. You want to keep that color to your bait.
1: Yeah, I mean, you always want to be ahead of the game as much as you can be, at least.
0: So <laughs> I was trying to think of where I wanted to go with this, but I really think we touched it all. I mean, I know it's a lot; it's a little bit shorter of an episode this week. Um, a lot of the stuff we could go super into detail about, but we really don't want to bore you with all that. We just wanted it to be something that you could sit down listen to as you're heading to work or while you're at work or whatever, and and just kind of go over, you know, your own checklist. Because at the end of the day, my checklist is different than Louie's checklist. It's different than your checklist. So what you've got to do to get yourself ready is all a little bit different. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And if you fish Canada, make sure you get your 2023 license because that expired the first of the year. Uh, What is it?
0: March, March, March 1st is when our, well, yeah. I got an email. as was March first. Is when archery knew. Make sure I just caught I just automatic. I mean, I, mine's automatic now. They suck twenty six dollars out of my account. Yeah, email me my license. I downloaded it on my phone. Yeah, uh, they made it a little bit easier that way. So make sure that yeah, I, I, I almost skipped over that completely.
1: <laughs> make sure you, make sure uh, your
0: licenses are up to date.
1: Make sure you're looking at all the new rules that came out for the year because there's always a couple that go unnoticed. Saginaw
0: River guys, shout yeah. out to you. You lucky dogs. Saginaw River is open all year. Usually that closes March 15th. Um, those guys, I'm sure, are going to tee off on some fish. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen there. Yeah, uh, but- I've got to imagine some pretty big fish are going to get caught out of that thing come April.
1: Yeah, but make sure because the whole river is not open.
0: Yeah, it cl- it's the farther south. Not south. The farther you get to the Tittabawassee, the mighty tit, um, mm-hmm. it closes up there at that bridge. And I, please excuse me, but I can't. I can't remember the name of the bridge, but it closes at one of those bridges that are close to the tit where a lot of those big fish are going to be sitting. Um, So make sure, again, you go over all your rules and regulations and all that sort of stuff and your safety equipment because at the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is get pulled over with your pants down.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you always want to make sure you have all your licenses, even your sport card. Make sure you got the updated sport
0: card. All your DNR passes and stuff like that because that – That is another one that's under the radar, but I see it happen all the time. Is like guys pull up to the launch and they go to get in, and they're like, "Yeah, I got my pass. It's expired." Yeah. And now (laughs) there's a launch. There's a line at the launch waiting because you got to pay to get in, or you got to get your pass from them and all that stuff. So make sure all your passes, your city passes, your wherever you launch. You know, I know like the St. Clair. uh, That's a city launch, not a DNR. So make sure you got your city pass or your state passes, uh, and make sure that stuff's taken care of. That way, again, guys, all we want to see is success. So when you get out in the water, we want to see you guys rolling. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't uh, take much. Other than that, Louis, what what uh, what else you got for the folks back home? Uh, just like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. Guys, you guys have been doing an awesome job to our listeners. We seriously cannot thank you enough, right? Yeah, we can't. Like, We cannot thank you enough um, for all the support. Uh, our podcast listeners are are so loyal. They, they keep us true. Like, Hey, when are you coming out with the next episode? Uh, again, every Monday it's going to be dropping. You guys have done an awesome job helping us grow. Uh, we'll have another giveaway coming up for just our podcast listeners. Um, within the next couple, I'm not really sure. We're, we're trying to put one together. That's really going to make it worth your guys' time and hopefully help spread the word and spread the news. Um, any episodes that you guys want to hear, I know that's. I know we say it. We sound like a broken record, but whatever you guys want to hear, our emails open. We're always listening when guys come in the shop on questions they're asking that we try to address on here. Um, But our emails open. Our messages are open. Our phone lines are open. So you you know how to get a hold of us. It's only going to help us grow. We really, really want to keep bringing information to the Great Lakes area. Um, Probably the next one that we're going to talk about is you know targeting salmon and, and other species a little bit more, even though we love doing our walleye. Um, we want to start showing the the, the variety that we have here because I truly think that this is one of the best fisheries in the country, and I'm not just saying that.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's insane when they got posted social media like of a big old Atlantic or I mean co-host. go
0: go to Instagram. If you got Instagram, go to Instagram right now and look at our last post. I posted a picture of I filled up our 10 slot photo limit with 10 different fish that we that we've caught just within the last year. You yeah. know, whether it's walleye or Atlantics or Coho's or Steelhead or Sturgeon or Smallmouth or Largemouth or Bluegills or Crappie or Perch. There's 10 right there. We can keep going. Yeah. Whitefish, Burbit. You know what I mean? Like,
1: I had a couple people DM me after I posted last on in Instagram and they're like, holy shit, like salmon get that big in the river? Yeah. I'm like, like that's not even, like, really considered
0: big in the river, like, Kings get caught every year in the river, believe it or not. You know, the, ones. yeah. And the thing is like people harp on us, like, you know, you're going to share this information and blow up the spot. No, that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is make this fishery a better place. We mentioned it in our very first podcast. I was just re-listening to it this morning. We mentioned it in our very first podcast. that This river has been fished since the beginning of time, since a hook and a line existed. This river has been fished and it's been fished hard, but it's been fished really the same way. And what we're trying to do is grow and evolve. And figure out other ways to catch it. Because I know that there's more species out, like, not more species out there. But I know there's easier ways to target these other species out there. And I know that there's better ways to catch these fish. And the only way we can do it is as a team. Because newsflash, guys, you're not going to do it by yourself. Louie and I aren't going to do it as a team. It's going to take the whole community. And we're going to grow and we're going to evolve from this. Because the more information that we get, the better this fishery becomes. Yeah. And you can say what you want about the DNR and you can say what you want about, you know, they do this, they do that. Our salmon fishery, as far as like spring salmon and stuff like that with the coho and then your trout with the steelhead and stuff like that. And these Atlantics that we've seen already being caught this year, like it, it, is, it is growing and it is evolving. We've got a ton of bait in the river. We've got a ton of walleyes in the river. Um, and again, this podcast is just one way for us to get it out there. So we can't thank you enough for listening, guys. Please like, share, and subscribe. Um, Again, we don't have any ads right now. We don't have any really revenue coming in off this. I don't want to load you guys with ads, and I don't want to do that stuff. So the best way that you can help us grow and help us do it is a a simple like and a share. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. Tell your friends, whatever. Hey, check these guys out. They just sit down and and talk about Great Lakes fishing. Yeah. So thank you again. We'll look forward to talking to you all next Monday. Tight lines.